Hi, it's Eric Schlein. You are listening to the Intelligent Investing Podcast. Before we start the show, we have a special sponsor. So I want to say that this podcast is sponsored by my personal podcast host, Podbean. I know a lot of you value investors out there have you know asked me how do I start my own podcast. This seems really cool. I'd like to do this myself. Highly recommend Podbean. They're probably the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host the Intelligent Investing Podcast. And I also use Podbean to host my new show, The Eric Schlein Podcast. So you can download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record and publish your own podcast literally in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app or on your phone. So that's Podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N, podcast app. Check it out. Today's episode is brought to you by Ticker, T-I-K-R dot com. Ticker.com is focused on bringing institutional quality investment research tools to the individual investor. I had personally reached out to Ticker because it is a product and service that I use myself and I love it. Ticker.com is powered by S&P Global Capital IQ, has coverage of over 50,000 stocks globally with financials, estimates, valuation metrics, ownership transcripts. That includes presentations as well, not just quarterly conference calls, also news, filings, and more. You can join Ticker.com's free beta today with Ticker.com slash intelligent. That's T-I-K-R dot com slash intelligent. For those that are listening in the car, if you don't remember that, if you have any other value investor friends that use Ticker, they can send you an invite code. So anyway, with that ado, enjoy the episode. And please, if you want some great quality access to information and lots of financials, definitely check out Ticker, T-I-K-R dot com. Welcome to the Intelligent Investing Podcast, where modern portfolio theory can suck it. A student of the school of Graham and Doddsville and a clergy member of the Church of Warren Buffett, here's your host, Eric Schlein. Hi, this is Eric Schlein. You are listening to the Intelligent Investing Podcast, where I discuss value investing, rational analysis, and break down the processes, principles, and mental models of business owners and managers. And today we have back on Trey Henninger. Trey, uh, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Now, you want to talk about Solvatron devices today. Uh, we were going to discuss that. For full disclosure for my listeners, through my investment firm, Grand State Capital Management, I do own shares of Solvatron for some of my investors. I'm a shareholder and have clients who are shareholders. So with that out of the way, let's talk about Solvatron. So tell us a little bit about what the business is, what they do. Yeah, so I'm also a shareholder in Solotron. Um, Solotron Devices is a manufacturer of semiconductors. They are power components that go into the United States defense industry. So they produce in a single manufacturing plant in Florida, um, the state of Florida in, in the United States. They produce these semiconductor components that go into various defense projects, whether that's uh, the U.S. Patriot Missile System, fighter jets or various things that could go into space like satellites or Mars rovers. So they basically produce these high quality custom silicon chips that go into various parts of the defense industry. All right, cool. And then, you know, how did you find the company? What had you want to invest? So I actually found the company when I interviewed the CEO on my podcast, Tim Erickson. Duh, okay, so the current one, okay. 
Yeah, the current CEO, Tim Erickson, he became CEO in 2016 after an activist campaign. I interviewed him a few years ago, not talking about the company. In fact, we never talked about the company at all. And during that podcast, and we just talked about his work as a hedge fund manager and the various investments and how he thinks about investments. And then after that podcast, someone reached out to me and said, hey, you should check out this company. And they sent me a three-page write-up on the company. And I read it up. And this was, at the time, a $5 million market cap company. And they looked like they were going to earn something like half a million dollars to a million dollars as their earning power at the time. So you were somewhere in the range of five to 10 times earnings. And it looked really interesting. You had multiple millions of dollars in, in cash on the balance sheet, no debt and a lot of potential operating leverage. So I got really excited, bought up a ton of shares during 2020. Basically I bought starting in April and all the way through September, I was a significant portion of the buying volume of what was a very illiquid stock at the time. Many days you'd have zero shares traded, some days you'd have hundred shares traded. Currently the stock's trading around $7 a share so if you had, and at the time I was buying, it was like $2, 250. So you had maybe, you know, a hundred dollars of volume or $200 of volume on a day, some days more, but basically I bought a significant amount of the volume for a six month period. Interesting. And what do you think the company is worth? How do you value it? What do you look at? So currently the company is worth, it is, is priced market cap at $15 million thereabouts. It has about, about 2 million shares outstanding, 2.08, 2.1, something like that. But basically if you just multiply the share price times two and then put a million on it, you're pretty close to the market cap. So at $7 a share, you have $14, $15 million market cap. I think the company, best way to think, I value the company using an earnings analysis. So I think the current earnings power of the company, if you were to look at what I expect them to earn over the next 12 months, is they have earnings power of about $2 million per year. And I think they're growing quite rapidly on their bottom line. So they have a lot of operating leverage where they can turn about 10%, anywhere from 5 to 10% annual growth on revenue into 20 to 50% growth on earnings. At least for the next few years, that should play out as what I expect. And how do you value that? To me, I think that at least justifies a PE ratio of 20 to 25. It, if you were to say there's a company growing at 20 to 30% a year in, prof, in, in earnings and someone pitched it at 20 times earnings per share, I mean, that's faster growth than Facebook, and, or at least it's in the same ballpark. And, and so I think it deserves that sort of rating. So if you were to put that on its current earnings power, of 20, uh, about 2 million, then that prices it at, a, at about $50 million for a 25 times earnings. Do, does it trade there? No. So it trades at 14 to 15. So you're looking at what I think a company should be worth about triple what it is today, which would be in the ballpark of 20 to $23 a share. So they have about $2 million, 2 million shares, $2 a share, $2 million in earnings is about a dollar per share in earnings. Um, per share. So then 20 to 25 PE is 20 to $25 on the share price. And it's at seven. So that's not what they earned over the last 12 months. They're going to report earnings of somewhere in the ballpark of 1.2 to $1.5 million when the earning, when the 10K comes out in the next month or two. 
that's my estimate. That's not the company's estimate. They've not put out an estimate on it. So far, over the first nine months, they report about a million dollars. So that's 50 cents a share. I think you're going to hit 60 cents a share conservatively. So that puts the current earnings for you know PE at about a 12, 12 to 13. Very reasonable for a no growth company. Not at all reasonable for a high growth company. Yeah. Um, so it's a pretty basic analysis. I think over the next five years, you could see the earnings grow from two million to three million, four or five million. So when you start to get to three to five million dollars in earnings, uh, let's say five million dollars, if if you could hit at the very top end, like a five million dollars five years from now, which is just a doubling basically, two two and a half times where it is, mm-hmm. you put a twenty x multiple in that, you're at a hundred million. Yeah. So no, I I agree with you. I actually offered to um, help the company. Honestly. Gonna get there a little bit quicker and no response, but that's okay. Yeah, I think they have. I've been very familiar with the business for for years, even before uh, Ericsson was in there. Yeah, so this is a company that I think the value investing community has followed for quite some time. There's been, I mean, probably 2012, 2013. Yeah, as far back as 2012, you can find quite a bit of writing on it on the internet. It's been on oddballstocks.com. I've seen it on various websites. I think it's been written up on Corner Berkshire and Fairfax, maybe. It's been it's on many websites over time because it's always earned a profit. So besides yeah. the last two years, during the trove of a turnaround, they have earned a profit consistently for the last 20 years. Yeah. And so this is a consistently profitable company. It's a very strong moat. It's such a small niche that they so don't face nice much competition. Yeah. yeah. Have so, you thought about the, a business that could buy them where it could improve some efficiencies? Yeah, I think there's a lot of companies that would buy this company if it got a little bigger. Yeah. At its current size, it's not really attractive because it's just too small to justify the due diligence. If I, if I had a predict, if I had a predict, give it five five years of growth, have it be a little bigger. And I think they sell to someone. That's my prediction. Yeah, I could totally see it. I think that would be a great turnout for investors. If what you want, you don't want to see them sell now because they can't, they won't be able to get the multiple that you'd want to see as an exit. What you'd want to see with this company is you want to see a multiple, like a buyout, give a 30 to 50% premium over the stock price when it's already at a 20 P or something. Right. Exactly. And what, and you want to do that after you've shown three to five years of rapid growth. And so what we don't want to sell now, because we don't want to sell it at a P we don't want to sell the company for $30 million when it could be worth a hundred or 200 million, 10 years from now. And so you need to grow the company for a few years. And I think you have the management team to do it. It's an investor that's in charge as the CEO, but he has an operator as his partner actually running the day-to-day business. And so that's a nice setup. Just like you, it's, although Tim would um, not claim to be anything like a Warren Buffett in terms of capital allocation, it's similar to what you have there where you have someone running the insurance business like a Jeet Jane and they're an operator, and then they have Warren Buffett managing the capital allocation. It's a similar setup where you have a nice mesh between a good operator and a a capital allocator. So you have a lot of options. The CEO could go out and buy another small defense company. You could roll up two or three of them and then sell to a a big, large, something like a Transdime or something, 
once you get a little bigger, once you get over that $100 million market cap, then there's a lot of people who would buy a company like this. And so I think you could see really attractive returns over the next five to 10 years. It's my largest position. Um, It's currently, let me see. It's currently 40% of my portfolio. Okay. So it's, a position that started as 20% and it's grown into 40 to 40% because I bought most of my position in the $2 range to 240, 250, something like that. And it's doubled to tripled over the last 12 months. Yeah. But again, when I bought it, I bought this because I thought this company was a 10 bagger at least. And so I thought I could, I saw it go into the $20 plus 20, $25 from the very beginning. And I think you could go obviously much further than that, but it's really hard to project. Of course. It's hard to project more than that because you don't know what's going to happen. The company just bought a new manufacturing facility for $4.2 million. They are moving from leasing. They basically were leasing their current facility for about half a million a year. And now they bought a new facility for 4.2 million. And they're replacing that with basically a mortgage for 200 grand a year. You're seeing two to three hundred thousand dollars in potential savings right off the bat for that one decision. It will muddy the waters a little bit for this year because now you're going to have, you know, a mortgage and rent for about six or seven months overlapping. So your earnings aren't going to show through, but the earnings power is growing. That's a 10, 10 to 15% growth in earnings power from that one decision. And so that's going to set up, you're going to be building equity in that and, and, and interest rates like 3.8% on the, the mortgage. So okay. super cheap, especially as a corporate company that this small, I expected a 6% mortgage yeah. um, when they made that announcement. Seeing a lot of really good things and it's rare you get can get into a company at 15 million that might still 10x. So. Where the management's doing a wonderful job as well. Yeah. So I'm excited. It's a small niche company. They have the ability. To- if they're listening though, I still think that the management's doing a great job. I think they could, I think I could help them get there a little bit faster, but, <laughs> but I'm, I'm a shareholder happy either way. Yeah. So I've been thrilled with the decisions I've seen during the time I've been a shareholder Been about a year of being a shareholder. And I'm excited for what's going to happen over the next few years, because I think you're going to see a lot of positive improvement. Because it's, they're hitting an inflection point that started in 2016. They had a lot of trouble for the first few years. I think a lot of people talk about that. Warren Buffett talks about when he took over Berkshire Hathaway. Those first few years, he's like, he looks back and says, well, it was a mistake to buy the company. And I think management would tell you a similar thing is that it was a lot harder than they expected to turn it around. But now that's done. You can see the revenue growth. You can yeah. see the earnings group. The reports are out. They've gone from being a dark company to now they're current with their financials. They have that all behind them. And so you're going to just see a lot of positive performance in the future. At least that's my expectation. Again, I have all the skin in the game you want to say, but of course, that's the disclaimer is that I own shares. So I want to see the stock price rise. But Likewise. Let's do a little recap on some of the other companies you've mentioned on the show before. We've sure. talked about Intercom and also Northfield Precision. Yeah, Intercom we can cover first. So Intercom, I've actually sold most of my entire stake at this point by the time we're recording. I sold when it reached the $6 range. I think we recorded and it was in the 450s or something like that when we recorded in January. 
And then it rapidly escalated another 30 or 40% over the next two months and sold the rest of my stake around $6 and then put a bunch of that into this company and another company that um, I'm not going to disclose at this time because okay. um, I'm still buying shares. But so that one's turned out really well. I think it's in this, it's still above where we talked about it by about 10 to 15%. I think it's in the $5, 550 range right now. Yeah, about $5 a share. It's still the same thesis still holds for that one. Lots of good news coming out. They've actually changed their name from Intercom to Audacity, I think is what it is. So the tickers changed from ETM to AUD. Um, and just they're trying to get over the problem of being seen as a radio company. Right. And they're going to, they want to be seen as Audible, Spotify, one of those. And so you have all the same sell points operating leverage there, but they have a lot of debt. That was the big risk on that one. The, the debt's still there. And I wanted to, to de-risk when I saw my, the, the big gains that I was able to receive on that one. Got it. And um, let's talk about Northfield. Northfield, no news out of Northfield, but the stock price has been crazy. So Northfield, is it ran up to $38 a share, I think. Yeah. Is uh, the price it hit? Yeah, $38.50 from the 22 range and now it's back to $22 a share. So I think some people got excited at some point, bought it up real quick. And there's been a lot of volume recently. So I don't know what's happening with the, the stock, but I think there, you have some people that are excited and some people that are maybe getting out. So you might think there's some turnover in the share. What's, what's the bid ask right now on that? You know, I don't know because mine doesn't show when it's not during the day. Okay, um, got it. But I think it was still pretty substantial. The last one I saw had the bid around 23 and the ask around 48. So let's see. I'm curious if it's on OTC markets because sometimes they still show it on there. Oh, yeah. OTC markets sometimes have it. Yeah. I, I like NFPC. I don't, I'm not as excited about them as I am with Solatron. Yeah. But. Just because I don't think that, yeah, so I see $22 and $35. Mm -hmm. $35. Gigantic spread again. Yeah, it's still a gigantic spread. I think it shows that people are not willing to really sell their shares because it's worth a lot more. But I don't anticipate them getting away from being a dark company. And that's probably going to stand in the way of a, a big stock price run like we've seen with the, the Solatron as they've, they've moved yeah. from dark to reporting. Got it. Have you ever spoken to the management at Lina with Solatron? You spoke to, to Tim, but the other Intercom or Northfield, have you ever spoke to the management of those businesses? I never spoke to management at Intercom, and I did speak with management at Northfield. Not solely, like not one-on-one, -on -one, but I attended one of the annual meetings. Got it, got it. And, and so the annual meeting is when I got to um, hear from them and ask a couple questions and that sort of thing. When's the next one come up? I believe the next annual meeting should be in June. I, last year they did an, it virtually. And so because of COVID yeah. and that might happen again, I just don't know. Because uh, okay. they're up in New York. I, yeah, I think it's New York. And so I think New York is probably still, they might still do it virtually. Got it. All right. Yeah, they're in, a, they're in Island Park. Yeah. All right. Trey, it was uh, great to have you back on and always appreciate the updates and the simple ideas. I'm all for keeping things simple and I think you do a very good job at that. Thank you.
So with that, thanks everyone for listening and please uh, feel free for those interested. I have a new podcast that I've been doing the last few months called just the Irish line podcast, which you can find on irishlinepodcast.com. And then I also have my book principles of power, the art and wisdom of badassery that is being sold on Amazon. Please support the show, support the book, buy a copy on Amazon. It's on paperback and Kindle. Trey, thank you for coming on. And Trey, for those who want to follow Trey, Pitch your website, Trey. Yes, my website is diyinvesting.org. You can also find me on Twitter at Trey Henniger and uh, on YouTube. My YouTube channel is the DIY Investing YouTube channel. Everyone check out Trey on YouTube and all his, his websites. All right, man. It was a great talk and we'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to the Intelligent Investing Podcast with Eric Schlein. If you'd like to connect with Eric for questions, comments, feedback, ideas, or to inquire about being on the show, please contact Eric at intelligentinvesting at gmail.com. So, in the words of Charlie Munger, I have nothing to add.